Blog Talk Radio. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. You are listening to Young Men's Perspective Radio. Young Men's Perspective Radio. With your host, Jeff Hodges, where we look to enrich, encourage, and engage our youth here on Blog Talk Radio. Where we interview individuals such as Susan Taylor. We're a community in crisis, and we have to step up, we have to stand up, we have to speak up, we have to work together. Sorry, yeah. And then because we have Facebook and Twitter and we're able to share this information, the information is getting out there more. So to me, it's just, it's really social media that's changing the game. Dr. Julia Hill. We live in a racist society and you can get arrested black boys for walking while black, thinking while black, driving while black, and anything you're doing while black. Dick Gregory. So all this violence we see in the black community, that's not legitimate. But in a white racist system that I accept, I believe anything they tell me. Black on black crime. A good example. Young Men's Young Perspective Men's Radio. Perspective Young Radio. Men's Perspective Radio. Your call-in number is 215-383-3998. That's 215-383-3998. Young Men's Young Perspective Men's Radio. Perspective Young Radio. Men's Perspective Radio. And now your host, Jeff Hodges. family and welcome to another edition of Young Men's Perspective Magazine. I am your host, Jeff Hodges, and joining me today is my very special guest, ex-actor, director, producer, Bill Duke, and in addition to his work on screen as an ever-compelling presence that many of you are very familiar with, we're going to get it in with uh, some of the work he does off screen with his Duke Media Foundation. The uh, Duke Media Foundation provides media training for grade and uh, high school children in conjunction with the Educating Young Minds Not-for-Profit Learning Center. So without further delay, YP family, help me welcome to the show, Mr. Bill Dukes. Welcome to the show, Bill. God bless you, my brother. Thank you for having me on. It's definitely an honor and a pleasure. Now, uh, let's talk about your Bill Duke Media Foundation being established as the uh, 501c3 not-for-profit in uh, 2008. Share with my listeners uh, your desire to reach back out to our youth provide this particular platform. Well, basically, it came from um, a couple of things. One, um, we teach, uh, we teach uh, media literacy um, because, um, unfortunately, in many institutions, um, uh, they're preparing young people for disciplines that may be obsolete by the time they graduate and they'll still owe the student loan. There's something um, about that that is not good, and so we wanted to address it in the sense of really teaching young people that that are interested in our particular business that we move from film and television into media. And by media we mean everything from mobile TV, uh, webisodes, games, cell phone apps, and the list goes on and on. So we wanted to give young people an introduction to that so if they want to go to college, they'll have the vocabulary, they'll have the experience with making films, green screen, uh, helping putting apps together, those kinds of things, so that they have a head start up into 
going into choosing the college they want to go to and the discipline they want to be in. Um, second, we teach financial literacy. And by financial literacy, we mean the distinction between the spending of a dollar and the use of a dollar. What credit, what credit is, what debt is, what is the FDIC, and what is the Federal Reserve. Um, we, we, we teach everything we possibly can about money and uh, how to use it rather than just spend it. So uh, we got a grant from the uh, Labor Department um, uh, two years ago, and this past year we had our first class, 12, um, 12 uh, students, uh, three different sessions, so we graduated 35 students. And uh, now we're putting funds together for our second and third and hopefully fourth year. And our goal is to do nine centers in L.A., nine centers nationally, and nine centers globally, because by the fifth or sixth year, we want to be able to bring nine students from China here and nine students from our neighborhoods go to China, That because we're going to a global economy, and that's what our goal is. Okay. Definitely sounds like an excellent, excellent idea. And uh, my question would be, how receptive are the students to the particular programs that you guys provide? Well, the, the unfortunate thing is is that because of media, there is a perception of our children um, that is very, very limited. Um, our children are brilliant. Uh, I mean, when I say brilliant, they not only in terms of intellect but in terms of creativity. And when you give them a, a, an opportunity to learn information, their application of it is astonishing. And and but we I mean I used to to give to young people by giving to organizations that exist and I would send money in. But what I found is there's a big difference between you sending a dollar and you showing up. Because when they see that you care, there's a different response. And what I'm simply saying is I I it, it everything I've ever done in my life in my career it's, it's probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Okay. Okay. Now, as the founder and the CEO of the Duke Media Foundation, you spearheaded the mission of the foundation with the specific purpose, as you mentioned, utilizing the media, a multimedia education to identify, address, and find the eradication of issues impacting local communities. Share with my listeners the particular type of issues you focus on. Well, by, by educating uh, young people in terms of their options rather than, you know, they're, how can I say, the box they're put into, uh, we try to expand their vision beyond the box. There are young people, for example, in communities in L.A., say some young people in Watts, for example, right? Uh-huh. They've, they've never been to the beach. Forget York. Forget New York, okay? They've never been to the beach. So, in terms of their consciousness of awareness of what they, their potential is in terms of accomplishing anything they want to do with their lives, we introduce them, to, we, we take them to the beach. We take them to Warner Brothers Studio. We take them to Universal. We take them to places that they would not necessarily go if they did not have the advantage of this program. Mm-hmm. So, taking the, so one, taking them out of their box, that's number one. Number two, a lot of the kids come in with a lot of bravado, but the truth is is that they're very insecure, and so they do the blah, blah, blah to show some street cred, et cetera. 
uh, they have to cut that out, pull the pants up, you're allowed one lateness, and you're allowed one absence, and you're out of the class. So discipline is the second thing, okay? We don't mm-hmm. want to hear that your cat got sick and your dog bit your uncle on the thumb. You know, uh, God bless you, but uh, that's not part of our program. The other thing that we give them is an understanding that, how can I say this? Uh, there's an old saying, you know, um, whatever you blame, you empower. Uh, so if it's, if, so if, if it's always somebody else's fault, if you're if you're downfall, if your issues are always somebody else's fault, if 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 the fact that that a boot is on your neck is somebody else's fault, you got one of two options. You got one of two options. You gotta wait until that person or that thing with the boot on your neck decides to take the boot off your neck. That's one option, right? The second option is you can bite through the leather of the boot till you get to that toe and bite the toe off. <laughs> okay. You know what exactly. What we, teach, what we tell them is to bite through the boot. Okay. Now, when it comes to uh, the Duke Foundation and the kids, how do you get a good read on them and get their interest into the particular programs, once again, that you've created? Well, they, 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 two things. They have to write an essay, right? And they have to come with an adult for to an mm-hmm. interview. So if we prove the essay and think they're serious, they then come with an adult. Because without an adult supporting the program, the program does not succeed. When they go home, there has to be someone there that cares about them enough to support what we're teaching. You understand what I'm saying? Got you. It doesn't work any other way. An adult, adult has to bring them there and pick them up. See, it's not just the kids. See, our, our, one of the misconceptions is, is that it is the child's total responsibility. Uh, the children should not have to raise themselves. There's, if it's an uncle, an aunt, a grandfather, a grandmother, uh, or a mother, a father, uh, they have to get involved. They have to commit. And, and, and we don't charge them a dime for the program. The only thing we charge them is their commitment. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, as you mentioned, no, commi- is- no commitment they can't say. Okay. Now, as you mentioned, this is a quite a rewarding experience for you. What would be one of your most defining moments with you there at the Duke Foundation? There are so many that um, I, 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 I uh, well, at the end of each class, right, um, mm-hmm. it, at the end of each class, each session, they have to stand up and teach back what they've learned, right? Okay. And there was, there was this young girl, very dark skinned, very short, and she has ADD, right? And coming into the class, she would not look you in your eye uh, or your face, and she would not, you know, speak. You know, she wouldn't speak. She wouldn't speak. She would just mumble kind of, okay? Uh, by the end of the class, she is lecturing now um, her what she learned that day 
And we encourage kid, kids to, we have guest speakers that come in, and we encourage them to get the guest speakers' cards. A lady from a, some executive from a studio came in. This young lady got the card, and she is now working at the studio as an intern. Okay? Okay. That's from, that's from a young girl who had no no self-confidence or no um, self-regard, and she is mm-hmm. now working at a major studio. It's powerful right there, real powerful. I'll give you another one. Um, uh, two young boys come in with, with bravado, uh, talking about this and that, right? Um, spending money on sneakers and everything else. Mm-hmm. Every week we teach financial literacy. Uh, before they left the class, they went into a bank for the first time, started a bank account, had a conversation with the VP of the bank about starting up their own business. Mm. Okay. <laughs> That's I what mean, I'm talking about. Yeah. What, I'm, what I'm saying, it, it, it doesn't get any more, my brother, it doesn't get any more rewarding than that. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. Now, because we're talking about the media platform, share with my listeners the importance of us telling our own stories via these multimedia platforms that's so readily available. Well, uh, if we continue to depend upon someone else to define our history and our story, you're going to continue to get what we're getting. What we're saying is there are opportunities out there now that have never existed before. Mm-hmm. Online, online, you can create business models that not only can tell you a story, but that you can profit from in terms of business models. And but it takes research and exploration and hard work. No one's going to give us anything. And what we're simply saying is, if we know that we're not going to be giving anything, go out and get it. Uh, well, we don't know how to go out and get it. So what? Find out. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm, I'm just trying to say, um, you know, there, there, there was there was a very, um, I saw this cartoon on the internet a few months ago. It was very disturbing to me. Uh-huh. It was supposed it was supposed to be funny, but it wasn't. And I'll, I'll describe it to you. It's a cartoon, and uh, it is. The head of the Ku Klux Klan is standing on a stage, right? Right. And 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 on the ground there's like hundreds of Ku Klux Klan members, and him and the rest of them are taking off their hoods and their robes, right? And and they're weeping. I mean, when I say and there's tears going off the stage, on the ground, it's like the tears are up to their ankles, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all sobbing deeply. And the caption under the film under the cartoon is, and this is the Grand Wizard saying this. He's saying, well, boys, we ain't needed no more because they do it to themselves. Mm. Now, it's supposed to be funny, but you know what's not funny about it? It's the truth. You know the truth in every joke. That was very hurtful to me. Right, right. 
it's important. That's right. Like you said, it's very important that we take control and and and, and share our own stories and get our own messages and recapture our images. So, now kudos to you for what you guys are doing there at the Duke Foundation. Definitely hats off. Let's talk about Bill Duke, the influential uh, filmmaker, dividing the duties on both sides of the camera, paving the way for, say, African-American actors since the 70s. You took a break in the 80s. Reinvented yourself after film school and bought up some very powerful documentaries. One in particular was Dark Girls, and I had the pleasure of interviewing your co-producer, uh, D. Chance Berry, regarding that film. Talk about this very necessary and insightful film and why you decided to make this. Well, it comes from my history and the history of my family. My, I think my sister went through, I went through, um, to deal with the colorism or what they call colorism or racism in our own community is very, very hurtful to us, and sometimes we can be very destructive to each other, and I wanted to impact that. And so we made a film called Dark Girls, which deals with the feeling of black people against dark-skinned people. Uh-huh. And we, we examine it from an historical, anthropological, sociological, psychiatric, quantum physics, and also historical and media point of view. And so with that holistic perspective, it gives an understanding of how we got here and some of the solutions possibly to getting away from this. So basically, it's a, it's a film that deals with, um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's a film that deals with the fact that lighter-skinned people are favored in our own community and favored also by other cultures. Skin bleach globally is a multi-billion-dollar business. Um, the fact that we have uh, a young man in the film saying that he uh, doesn't like dark-skinned women. Um, and we asked him why. He said they don't look right on his arm. Uh, it, it is it is a very uh, painful reality, and we simply try to address it from not telling people to do, but from a cognitive point of view of giving them information. And if, if we understand uh, how we got there, maybe we will change. For example, you saw the brown paper bag test. Do you know about the Snow and Blow Club in the uh, 60s and 60s and 50s uh, in Harlem? They called the the Snow the Snow and Blow was a black organization called the Snow and Blow Club. If your skin was not all, almost white as snow and your hair was even blowing the wind, you couldn't get in the club. Wow. That's a, a black club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my 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 whole thing, sir. You know, I, I'm not waiting for anybody to come save us. I mean, I think we have a responsibility to address these issues ourselves, and media is a very powerful tool, and I want to use media to address some of these issues. Some of my feature films I'm directing, my documentaries. I just started my own cell phone app company. Uh, I want to do it in new media also, so that we are addressing it, you know, in terms of brands and cross-platforming information so that our young people have an understanding. We, we can't change their minds necessarily, but we can give, their, give, give them information to make informed decisions because you can't make – how can you make uh, an informed decision if you have the information to make it with? So we try to give them information. Right, right. 
I like that. That's definitely a course of action here as well with young men's perspective. We take that same approach. Now, as an actor, you, you as, we, as I mentioned, you definitely have that compelling uh, screen presence. And you recently played in a 50-cent movie, Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, this film was very close to home for me. Coming from that place and the time the film uh, takes us through and all the characters that I was quite familiar with. Share with us your method into getting into characters such as a role like that. Well, there's, uh, you know, uh, many people perceive, um, you know, the black community in terms of these uh, thuggish kinds of illiterate, ebonic-speaking young people and, and men. If you really examine the business of things, you will see that that there are some brilliant businessmen in our community. Some have gone to college and some are educated, uh, but they're using their education and their business knowledge in ways that are not necessarily legal, okay? But they're very bright, they're very uh, well-read, and they know how to run businesses. And so I wanted to create a character that was one of these people that you usually don't see. Right. He's a businessman. He's a businessman, and he, all he really cares about is money and, and keeping his business going. And whatever it takes to make that happen, that's what he does. And he'll speak to you first and try to logically negotiate and compromise with you. But if you're not logical and you're not willing to compromise, there are other tools he prefer not to use, but he can use them. Okay. Now, in addition to being the founder and the CEO of the Duke Media Foundation, you're also uh, on the board of directors for Educating Young Minds, and you're extensively involved with the UNA, uh, the Joint United Nations Program on HIV and AIDS. Now, with your new, pro- your new project, uh, Bill Duke Web Network, you can definitely touch on that with the uh, series uh, um, Down Low Brother, and you share a lot of very poignant information. Share my listeners a little bit about that, and also the fact that you also did a uh, brief documentary with the Dick Gregory Callis on my soul presentation. Well, well, AIDS, I don't know if you know this, sir, but one out of four black men in Washington, D.C. is HIV positive. One out of four. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Did you know that of all the AIDS cases in America with women, 75% of black women? Right. Do you know that online um, there's a website, go to it, called bugchaser.com, and these are men who are attempting to get AIDS? Wow. You know, online there's another site called giftgiver.com where people who have gotten AIDS from people they trust are now trying to infect as many people as they can? Yes, that's so sad. Don't you think our community should know these things? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why I'm involved. We can't wait, brother. You're right. You're absolutely right. We we see we wait and we think there's going to be some salvation coming to us, sir. 
We are our salvation, sir. That's right. If we keep waiting, you ever see the play, Waiting for Godot? But no, Godot never came, sir. Hmm. And they just sat there waiting on this, you know, on this log. He's going to come because he cares about us. <laughs> He's going to come because he sees how badly we're suffering. He's going to come because, you know, we were slaves. He's going to come because we're being treated unfairly. And he, he knows he, he's going to come. And uh, he never came. So uh, if he's not going to come, uh, what do you think the solution is? I think we got to take the place of Godot. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll take it further, sir. I'll say this to you with no all due respect to our audience. Um in most societies, the men are the ones who step up. Absolutely right. I'm part of an organization called 7,000 Men, and there was a documentary in Africa where they took note of the elder elephants and the younger males, and by removing the elders, they noticed the younger ones were acting unorderly. Once they returned the elders, that brought back the order to the herd. And that's basically the premise and the, and the purpose of what we do here as well in our community as young men, as you just mentioned. So, no, I definitely agree with you wholeheartedly. I grew up in a town called Poughkeepsie, New York. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I had a friend, Italian friend, called Bobby. And Bobby used to, uh, I used to talk sometimes. And uh, I was upset about something that had happened, you know, in our neighborhood. And uh, Bobby would say, he said, he said, Bill, you know, the problem is, um, you know, and he's called colored people. You know, the colors, you know, things between, and he called himself this. He, he called himself a guinea. He said, no, the, 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 the difference between you, the colors, and us guineas, you know, we, we read the Bible difference. I said, what do you mean, Bobby? He said, well, Bill, you know, it's like, you know that part that, the eye for the eye. He said, you know, the colors read it, the eye for the eye and the tooth for the tooth, you know? I said, yeah. He said, you know how the Italians and Guineas read it? I said, no. He said, a head for an eye and a life for a tooth. Oh. He said, you know what that's called, Bill? Respect. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I never forgot that. I think wow. I, was 17, I was 17 years old, you know. I never forgot that. Well, Bill, it's definitely been an absolute pleasure having you here and sharing this wealth of information and all that you do with our youth. Uh, we definitely want to say hats off and kudos to you and the organization that you have with the Duke Foundation. Before you go, do you have any closing remarks you'd like to share with my listeners? Yes. Um, I like quotes. Do you like quotes at all? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to share my two favorite quotes. And they're both by anonymous. The first quote, aspire to inspire before you expire. The second quote in my favorite, in your lifetime, you will never see a smaller package than a person wrapped up in themselves. Wow. Okay. God bless you, sir. I appreciate you. Give them that website again before you go so they can check out your work. 
for my for my uh, uh, for my foundation? Yes, please. Duke Duke Media Foundation dot org. Duke Media Foundation dot org. Duke Media Foundation dot org. Again, thank you so much for joining us, Bill, and it was a pleasure. God bless you, and thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Continue success to you. You too, sir. Thank you. All right. You're listening to Young Men's Perspectives Magazine. I'm your host, Jeff Hodges. That was my very special guest, actor, director, producer, Bill Duke. We thank you for all that he does with the Duke Foundation, educating our youth, preparing them for the future with the multimedia platforms that are so readily available. Uh, join me tomorrow uh, as my special guest will be uh, actor Gary Anthony Sturgis. We continue our series, How Do You Get So Successful?, I want to thank all you listening in live and in archive, and I hope you all can have yourselves a great day. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. You are listening to Young Men's Perspective Radio. Young Men's Perspective Radio. With your host. Jeff Hodges, Hodges, where we look to enrich, encourage, and engage our youth here on Blog Talk Radio, where we interview individuals.